Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey, and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week, we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places, and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs, and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlacy.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the blue, blue, I didn't, I managed to, blue, blue, blue badge kind of qualification is all about blah. Every week, every week I mess up. Oh dear. Off to, off to a flying start. <laughs> How are you, How my are love? You? I'm good. You are right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully, aren't we? Yes. So we had a message from Bojo yesterday, um, or the day before. And yes, there Cautious. is hope. Cautious. Cautious light. Cautious, yeah. We're walking towards it very, very slowly, very cautiously. But... I'm feeling good and it's warm, Alex. Yeah, I know. It's lovely. The flowers are out in the local park. Mm. It's feeling, there's a, there's positivity. There's positivity. I can feel it. Which is all we need right now, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> We've got positivity. We can do anything else. Yeah. But just, okay. just you know, reading kind of sitting in beer gardens and, you know, even oh, if it's gentle, gentle, you know, just the, the words, swimming pools, beer gardens picnics <laughs> it's all these kind of like you know just i know oh. <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait for for sitting in a beer garden and having a getting you know getting slightly tiddly on some on some dodgy cider can't wait it's gonna happen <laughs> oh neither can i fabulous well listen hello everybody welcome back to ladies in london podcast thank you for coming back again thank you um, so last week we delved into the Sladler Sexy, uh, the Celestial Bed. Oh, it was so... <sighs> it's a fun one, isn't it? I oh, like I it. got into bed that night and I was like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> Bed's so dull. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the musicians? I was trying to get their attention underneath my bed, but just nothing. Nothing happening. No, I, I have to say, I think the Celestial Bed <gasps> is... I remember I found out about it a few years ago and I just remember thinking, this is amazing. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad oh, you enjoyed it. loved it. Yeah. Lots of comments. 
So yes. people people really enjoyed that, Alex. People <laughs> quite a really, few people, you know... quite a few people messaged me and went, oh, I'm really bored with my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I know, right? Well, there we go. So last week we had our podcast pedestal choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went for the electricity that would sort of spark through the bed and, you know, supposedly excite the experience for the users of the bed and what did you go for i went for the timed musicians so started playing as soon as the embrace or that first kind of i don't know sexual touch like you didn't you didn't say what kind of music or how it sounded but i can imagine it would be some kind of like fanfare (laughs) not no kind of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were probably tempted to do that with some of them. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not going to be anything like that. <laughs> I love the idea that they strike up into like Carmina Burana or something. That really, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's um, go. Down start the road. start with O Fortuna. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know what they played. And I, I, to be honest, if it was the Belly, Benny Hill music, I still would have been happy. Um, so there we go. What do you think your chances are this week? Because we've had a a few weeks of. I have to say, I'm, I'm starting to feel a bit guilty about it. Um, a run of 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 me winning podcast pedestal. Are you um, actually? You actually feeling a little bit I, guilt? I do a little bit. I mean, it's a bit uncomfortable. I'm like, mm-hmm. but you know, the minute you're back to winning again, I'll I'll be I'll be grumpy. So, well, to be honest, I'm going to tell you, I'm feeling it. I feel it in my waters this week. I'm feeling pretty damn confident. And I haven't felt this confident with a podcast pedestal for about four weeks. A little so, while. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we have slightly fewer votes today, uh, this week than we did normally, um, but that's totally fine. Um, I had so for the electrical impulses, the charges going through the bed. I had um, a total of thirty votes. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, happy with that so far. And uh, the musicians had forty-nine. <gasps> it. <laughs> If they were here now, they would strike up Rule Britannia. (laughs) She's absolutely walked Uh, it and I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't realise how competitive um, this was going to make me. Oh, I totally (laughs) did. I know you. (laughs) (laughs) I literally feel like I've won an Oscar. (laughs) I need to calm myself down. But that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody. Who I'm happy because I think, I think if I'd have won again this week, I would have... Oh, God, I think I would have left the podcast, to be honest. It's <laughs> kind of what I was worried about. So, yeah. <laughs> there we I'm go. Done. Hooray. So what's the, what's the running... T- Does that mean you're in double figures now? No, mate. <laughs> yes, I think you are. Are you not? No. No, so it's now uh, 11.9. Oh, okay. Close. Getting mm. there. Getting there. Getting there. Next week, I can feel it. I can feel it. Double digit. <laughs> so where are we off to this week it is your pick um what, what what's going on what are we doing so the wheel landed in chelsea yep. and just before the wheel landed in chelsea um i said i really wanted to talk about garden i wanted to talk about a patch of green so i have decided to go for chelsea physic garden fabulous what a spot what a spot well it's actually four acres it's quite a large spot it is i didn't realize Um, it's quite so big yeah it's huge it's quite deceiving actually because when you go in there you've got so many different sections Mm. and areas that you kind of i don't know it makes it feel much much smaller than it actually is um so we're over in chelsea darling we're just by the river thames and 
the Fizzit Garden is right next to um, the Chelsea Hospital. Yes, which I love. I love the Chelsea Hospital. Beautiful. That's that's a topic for a, for a future podcast, I think. It is, isn't it? I think we yeah. should definitely do that. Um, and every May, it's there where you have the Chelsea Flower Show. Mm. So have you, people, have you been to the Chelsea Flower Show? I have. I've been on a couple of occasions. And this year, it's going to be in autumn. Interesting. Do you know what? I've never been. And it's the kind of thing oh. I always think, oh, I'd love to go. And then I always get around to it too late. And then the tickets have gone. So a bit pointless. Oh, but. gosh. It's it's incredible. The last time I went was when Kate Middleton, she did a she mm. did kind of like a children's section, like with a swing and a little yeah. pond. But the queue to see it was just ridiculous i think i got for about four pims before i actually <laughs> got there <laughs> um but yes so if um if you don't really know where chelsea is maybe you've heard of chelsea um the mayflower show we're just next door to where that happens and the physic garden has been going and growing since 1673 wow it is in fact uh london's first botanic garden Yes, of course, we've got um, Kew Gardens as well, which is mm, enormous. It's a great one. Another big botanic garden uh, in London, mm. um, but not as old as Chelsea Physic. Not as old as this one, no. So this one was established by the apothecaries. Apothecaries. And the uh, apothecaries, um, they kind of took over a patch of land in Chelsea and they used it to grow medicinal plants. Mm. Um, and if you go in there today, you've got about 5,000 plants. Some are edible, some are useful, some are poisonous plants. You've which, just got... Which, which can also be useful on occasion. <laughs> uh, true, which I will come to, actually. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, yes, and it's in such a great area. It's just by the river. Um, you've got these kind of little little warm pockets of air that come towards the garden as well, which means it can grow lots of exotic plants. Um, there's a big greenhouse there. Um, as l- there's a lot going on. Um, but first, just to say a little word on the apothecaries. So they were chemists who were mixing and selling their own medicines to people. And they kind of, are sort of the precursors to pharmacists, really, aren't they? Before, yeah, yeah, well, before we had medicine the way we know it today, really. Yeah, exactly. And they um, are a livery company today, mm-hmm. um, but they were jointly together with the grocers, which today is a separate livery company. Interesting. Mm, so it was the apothecaries uh, and the grocers. I guess it makes sense because there's there, you know, these herbs and. And plants that they're growing for medicinal, they're, they're, essentially they're edibles, aren't they? And mm, kind exactly. you're going to be buying them in similar places. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The two yeah. go together. Um, so that was about the 14th century when they were established. But in 1617, the apothecaries said, no, we want to be by ourselves. Sorry, the grocers, <laughs> but we're going to knock on King James I's door and see if he's going to grant us a charter. Um, he did, which okay. was in 1617. Very lucky. Um and they've just got bigger and bigger ever since, really. I mean, today, it's one of the largest livery companies with just over 1,500 members. Wow. Yeah. That's enormous, yeah. It is absolutely enormous. And their hall, because every livery company has got a hall, um, is the oldest livery hall in London. Gosh. And, yeah, it was created just after the Great Fire, about 1668. And you can find it in Blackfriars. 
Right. Okay. And so I guess now, um, because a lot of these guilds and livery companies, which we should probably talk about on a podcast at some point, mm. um, a lot of the, the trades for some of them don't exist anymore in quite the same way. So who are the people that are belonging to the apothecaries um, or the worshipful company? Because would it be would it be exactly that, pharmacists and things or... Yes, yeah, so you've got quite a few societies which, um, you know, are made up of doctors and practitioners and people of medical science. Um, but I, I guess you've got quite a few keen horticulturalists who have done great things, not just mm. in London, but around the country. And people that go on, um, you know, expeditions, which is also really important because at the Botanic Gardens in Chelsea, they have such a wide selection of seeds which come in, you know, every year from different places around the, the globe, many of which might be on the brink of extinction. Many plants, they might think, well, you know, if we don't try to cultivate them and grow them in some way, we're going to lose yeah. them. And just thinking back, actually, back to one of our first episodes, um, breadfruit. Breadfruit. Hashtag well, breadfruit. Now, because uh, remember, the um, they, they brought back breadfruit, didn't they? And was it, did they take it to the Chelsea Physic Garden? Was that where it went to or was it to Kew? I think it was to Kew. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that might have been, but still. But I like, yeah, I like that idea of going out on discoveries and, and, and bringing all the stuff back. It's so yeah, fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now on their coat of arms, coat of arms, they have um, Apollo, the god. Oh, and he was the grandfather of the goddess of health, cleanliness and sanitation. Amazing. The goddess of universal health. Lovely. The goddess of recuperation from illness. Brilliant. What are all their names? <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't say because I can't pronounce them. So you've got um, Hygieia, who is uh, the goddess of health, cleanliness and sanitation. So that's from where we get hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. You've got uh, Panak. Panacea or Panacea? Panacea. Panacea, yeah. um, who is the goddess of universal health. You have Iaso, okay. which is recuperation from illness, and also Asiso. Asiso, I think that's probably pronounced wrong, goddess of the healing process. Oh, yeah. interesting. So there's yeah. quite a few words there that we can kind of take their st our st or their stem from that. Um, yeah. Pan you know, Panacea in particular. Gosh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Like we did there, Alex, take their yeah. stem. Nice. Um, now, before, well, in the kind of late 1600s, early 1700s, they were struggling a little bit because the space was just too small. So in walks in Sir Hans Sloan. Now, oh. we know who he is, don't we? Well, we do as guides. I don't know if everyone listening will know Hans Sloan. No. Um, but he is one of those names that crops up. Uh, because he is the dude who started the British Museum. He did. He was a huge collector and a naturalist. Um, and he actually was an apprentice in the original um, physic garden at Chelsea. Um, and he was trained under the guidance of John Watts. And it's because of John Watts that Sloan ended up going on a big expedition to Jamaica. So while he was in Jamaica, he was he acquired a particular extract from a bark from a tree, which helped to cure malaria. Interesting. Yeah, so this was, um, you know, he was kind of hailed as a bit of a hero, to be honest. 
And now, it's quite interesting that he's gone to Jamaica as well because Hans Sloan, um, it's not always spoken about quite so much. And, and generally, I think with a lot of our um, big, you know, let, let's say for want of a better word, heroes, but kind of guys in the public eye, um, is that he had links to slavery as well. So in Jamaica, mm. his, I believe he, he, I'd need to look up the details, but I believed he married into the family of a woman who owned plantations and then... Um, uh, sort of took over the running of that and that's kind of how he, he got his money and was able to go on collection trips and things like that so going to Jamaica is quite interesting because he would have been going for business as well as expeditions and he did very famously we always say when we go to the British Museum that he brought hot chocolate uh, to the UK and because that was something that he found uh, the enslaved Africans drinking on the plantations and he brought it back mixed it with sugar and, and that was it so yeah it's quite interesting little link there with Jamaica yeah definitely yeah and in terms of his chocolate so apparently out there he saw this local woman who was mixing chocolate and milk and thought oh okay this this might be something that will fly um and actually if you go to the Natural History Museum you can find his chocolate specimen on display that he first brought back um, which is part of the Darwin Center gosh interesting yeah. So when he came back, he was obviously very wealthy, as, as you've mentioned. And what he did is he basically purchased the manor of Chelsea from Charles Cheney. Um, and if oh. you've been to Chelsea, you've got a road there called Chelsea uh, Cheney Walk. Yeah. Quite, um, quite a famous one where loads of um, you know celebrities and musicians mm, and artists and things have lived over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Useful as well. Um, so he purchased the manor and he leased the land to the worshipful company of apothecaries uh, for just five pounds per year. Okay. Which is still the same amount of money which is paid um, to Sloan's relatives today. Actual five pounds in modern money as well. Not in even... modern money, not oh, wow. in not even to change. It's still five pounds. Very good deal, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm guessing that he wanted to give this land to the garden because it's where he began, it's where he met Watts, it's where he, you know, then suddenly turned to Jamaica mm. and, and you know, got all his money. Interesting. Mm. That kind of helped it, it secure its future, I guess, really, then. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, now, another notable person of the garden is a man called Philip Miller. He was born in Deptford and he was a botanist and he was one of the head gardeners in the middle of the 1700s. Right. And he raised the reputation of the Chelsea Garden so much so that um, it was known to be one of the best botanic gardens in Europe. Rock on Philip Miller. Rock on Philip Miller. It was very well known for its variety of plants, of all orders, classes, and also from all sorts of different climates. So before then, would it have been a bit more, uh, a bit less organised, a bit more sort of all over the place? And he kind of brought in a sense of order and, and uh, to it, do you think? Yes. And also, I think with uh, Miller, he um, really kind of started this seed selection thing off where he had lots of seeds coming from various places around the world. Whereas before that, it was mainly just kind of concentrating on the plants and the leaves and the, the seeds that you could find in this country. Interesting. Oh, wow. So that's when he sort of, he takes it and, and pulls it into more of, I guess, more of a research facility. Yeah. Happen. 
Yeah. And I guess as well, being very close to the River Thames, it was quite easy for, you know, if a boat had been on a big journey to, mm. I don't know, China to go and pick up something or around Asia or wherever, um, they could have easily have just come up the River Thames and just dropped off all of their findings quite, yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Wow. Um, Miller wrote a few books to say the least he wrote quite a few um <laughs> the gardeners and the florist dictionary being one. Oh, nice are they yeah. still in print they are still in print yeah oh, wow. um and also the gardeners dictionary containing the methods of cultivating and improving the kitchen fruit and flower garden oh lovely so the sort of thing everyone's been doing in lockdown starting to grow their own veg and things yeah yeah exactly um he was also famous for bringing cotton seeds to the new british colony of georgia um and that is where they were first planted on sea island and you might have heard of sea island cotton i haven't actually no it's um apparently i've never heard of it either really (laughs) it's apparently the finest cotton out there and it's called sea island cotton because miller sent these seeds to that particular island where they were grown and you know cotton is still being grown there today see oh that's a shame oh philip miller you were so riding high in my uh in my estimations and then you go and this this is the problem that we have with with anybody in the public eye in in that sort of era is that they've got links to slavery they've got links to slavery absolutely it's so hard to find somebody who doesn't have those kind of links oh philip Mm. miller uh isn't it i mean it's good that as soon as you think this now you instantly go okay yeah but who was picking the cotton you know, I think there's so much, so much information out there now. Um, whereas, you know, I guess a hundred years ago, that kind of thing it would have just been so buried. That is true. Yeah, it would, it, and and that's so you you know, and, and people who listen as well know that I'm very much an, uh, an inclusive history person, mm. and I do talks on slavery and, and Black history and all that kind of thing. And and I think it, it is the case now that we are aware that these people who, like you say, twenty years ago or less even we would have just been like oh Hans Sloan what an amazing guy Mm. and there's no kind of "Mm, except Uh, and now there is and I I think that that is definitely um, a positive Mm. but I'd really like somebody and this is where the women actually well not all the women but a a lot of the women are easier to to kind of come on board with because they don't have those links often not always let's face it but um yeah so true Oh, Philip Miller, you were riding so high. Um, So I just want to do a little shout out to the late Bruce Forsyth. Oh, okay. (laughs) Slight segue, but let's... (laughs) Well, it's not really, because one of the head gardeners was a man called William Forsyth in the 18th century. And um, he was a relative, an ancestor to the late Bruce Forsyth. Good old Brucey. Good old Brucey, the price is right. Yeah. So he was the head gardener um, in, as I say, 18th century, and he created what is today now known as the Grade Two listed pond rockery, um, which I don't know if you've seen, but mm. is just, uh, it's just so beautiful, so relaxing, and all around it, you've got all of these little medicinal plants that look really kind of characterful with, I don't know, just the strangest little colours and petals. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's really gorgeous. And actually, that might be a really nice place to, to go back to when uh, when we're open again, because it is outside, it is a garden. It might well be open ahead of some of the, the bigger museums in London. That might be yeah. a nice little spot to go to. Yeah, completely. 
Um, so it is kind of divided up into different areas around the garden. So you've got the Garden of Medicinal Plants, you've got the Pharmaceutical Garden, you've got World Medicine, you've got Edible and Useful Plants, um, you've got the World Woodland Garden. Mm. Um, and as soon as you walk into a new space, you can tell that it is completely different from the last because of the smells um because of the just the atmosphere within that um and i'm going to actually talk about some of the plants that you can find inside the garden yeah. some of the medicinal plants um so let me start off with the aconite oh my goodness me oh, okay. there are quite a few poisonous plants oh. in chelsea physic garden and aconite the aconite plant is known as the queen of poisons yeah now alex have you ever heard of the curry poisoner the curry poisoner yeah I don't think I have. No, you you Ooh. love a poisoner. You love a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even in a lovely garden, we managed to find your goth guide sensibilities. Oh, but it's just it's fascinating. No, because I have not it's heard a, of the curry poisoner. Because you've just got to think it's a plant, you know, and and how people have found out that it's poisonous and how powerful well yeah but the curry poisoner knew so there was this lady who basically she'd uh, she was angry that her uh, her partner who she'd broken up with was suddenly going to marry somebody else so she puts aconite like kind of like her little seeds mm. the seeds seeds from this plant into a curry puts it into um this guy's fridge he eats it along with this um girl who he started to see and, and is actually um betrothed to and after about an hour he dies oh no it's honestly such a serious poison and what it does is it um basically it can paralyze you mm. quite quickly and although you know it's it's very poisonous people still do take it for um medicinal reasons because if you have a little bit of it and you're struggling with any kind of mouth pain or facial pain it gives that paralysis it gives yeah. you you Num know numbness mm. um, but of course too much um is just numb, numb forever numb forever exactly um, needless to say, the curry poisoner went to prison for that. Yes. Did the girlfriend survive? She did survive. So apparently she didn't eat as much as um, the, the guy did. Um, but she was in hospital for quite some time after. Wow. Yeah. How awful. Yes. Um, I, assume, um, so I, mean, I haven't been for quite a while and I can't remember the poison area. Is it sort of like a restricted section or, or how does it work or, or you know? So it's in the um, it's in the uh, what's the top one I said? So the Garden of Medicinal Plants. Right. So because it is, it, it, yes, it is poisonous, but it is still used to treat something. Yeah. So it is in the medicinal plant area. Yeah, fair enough. Now you've got the most. <laughs> going to be like Emily, get off the whole poisonous <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, You're not gonna, are you? <laughs> The most poisonous plant in the garden is, in fact, the tobacco plant Ooh. because, of course, it has killed more people, um, you know, worldwide than anything else, really. 
Um, so the tobacco plant um, was first seen around the first century BC. It was brought to Europe by the Spanish. Mm. And around the 1800s, they were using it to cure things like earache and toothache. And this is where they started to kind of promote it as being something that was very good for you. Mm. And especially with toothache, if you were to have it in your mouth and you're smoking it, then, you know, it's very good for your mouth. And people which... chew it, don't they, as well? And it, it is, mm. yeah, kind of get that, well, yeah, medicinal. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so you've got that there. And it made me think, you know, that would be quite an interesting kind of tour. I don't know, like a tobacco oh. tour, you know, kind of just learning about the history of tobacco or more of a talk um, and how campaigns have kind of pushed people to think certain things. And because it's only really since, I don't know, the 1990s that more campaigns have come out to stop people from smoking, which is just yeah. so recent, isn't it? Yeah. And then, of course, if you go down towards the docks area in London, you have Tobacco Dock um, mm-hmm. as part of one of those buildings that are well, very you know obviously named after the thing that they would import and it's it's huge and it's you know sort of um got very big thick walls because it was it was worth a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah completely um now grapefruit do you like grapefruit alex i'm not a mad fan of grapefruit uh it's a bit for me um a bit bitter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you do that sound again um so in 1948 this lady went to the garden and said look i've got this uh this grapefruit tree um it just won't grow i don't know what i'm doing wrong but can i give it to you do you think you could do something with it so they said yeah okay so they planted it and it took 50 years for it to finally fruit (laughs) oh my goodness um so it was in the 90s where finally they've got um they've got grapefruits growing constantly and now they make marmalade from it oh wow Um, i love that mm, but it's it can be quite um quite a vicious little thing you've got to be a bit careful if you're consuming grapefruit because it it heavily speeds up the metabolism which is why they say you know if you have um freshly squeezed grapefruit it's very good in terms of losing weight because it speeds everything up Mm. but because of that um in more recent studies and they only kind of discovered that the bad effect of um grapefruit when they were using it with alcohol they used grapefruit juice to hide the taste of uh alcohol when they were using it in a drug test right and then they realize that because of it speeding everything up if you're taking medication especially if you're um if you're having chemotherapy for instance they say specifically do not take grapefruit because it just speeds everything up and that is the same if you're taking codeine and also coffee you shouldn't really be drinking fresh grapefruit especially the rind you know, if you cut bits up and you just kind of um, squeeze the segments in between your teeth, that's not as bad as eating the white rind as well. Right. It's the rind that can actually be quite harmful if you're having other things that are going to speed up your um, your metabolism. Gosh. So that means if you would have, to have it with coffee, the coffee would have a bigger kick than it would otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um and you've got a section for modern medicine where you can find a plant where you can extract taxol and taxol is just such an incredible thing like it was only first 
isolated and found in the 1970s from a particular yew tree. Um, And this is the thing that cures breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer. Wow. Um, When it was first kind of discovered and first used, it was three, it took three whole trees to cure one person. Wow. In terms of, you know, how long they're going to be on it for and how it's going to cure them completely. Took three trees, three trees to be destroyed. Um, they've now found a way to cultivate it and I guess kind of take the cells and then kind of grow from that. But um, it's just incredible. Never heard of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Taxol. Um, You've also got the Madagascan Periwinkle. Okay. um, Which is quite an expressive plant. Um, It's got some colourful... colorful petals and it is usually found in the tropics but because you've got quite a lot of heat around this particular area in Chelsea Mm. and the way that the um the trees are set up it's kind of a bit of a sun trap and it's also facing south as well so a lot of these kind of tropical trees are able to flourish um so this one is very good for diabetes it okay. can cure diabetes. It's very good for a sore throat, a cough, and also an insect bite. That's a very good broad range of uh, of uses for that. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I did mention chocolate. So yes, yes chocolate. What's your favourite <laughs> chocolate, Alex? Uh, I, I mean, oh, that a whole podcast on that. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you can't really beat a classic dairy milk, but I'm a big fan of orange chocolate and mint chocolate. Oh, mint chocolate. <laughs> God, I love mint chocolate. <laughs> Good choice. So yeah. does that mean as well that you love a Terry's chocolate orange? Uh, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> nice. Um, so growing in their greenhouse, they do have the Theo Terry's Grover. chocolate orange. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they're growing those i'm moving in tomorrow <laughs> that is a tree that i definitely would want on my balcony um so they've got a uh, theobroma which is uh the cacao tree or the cacao mm. plant and theobroma means food of the gods in latin ain't that the truth <laughs> and cacao is from the aztec language um word which means um bitter so chocolate, although, you know, it is one of those kind of comfort foods that we know makes us feel fantastic. It is also good medicinally for um, digestive problems. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you have chocolate. <laughs> chest complaints, then get some chocolate down here. Yeah? Um, and it's also good for um, if you have inflammation, fl- uh, inflammation of the mouth, inflammation of the tongue, then it's quite good if you have a little bit of chocolate. Good. Noted. I will consistently need uh, medicinal chocolate i think from this point on good and also if you have um, dark chocolate in particular if you have dark chocolate just before bed apparently it it helps you sleep better at night oh well mm. okay yeah don't have to tell me twice yeah <laughs> get that dark chocolate down yeah um now have you heard of foxgloves yes they are incredibly poisonous aren't they yes um but so beautiful really beautiful, so beautiful. um and foxgloves, um, well, the name itself is one of the oldest names, one of the oldest plant names. Um, the word is an Anglo-Saxon word, foxus glopher. 
Oh, um, the, it yeah, the glove of the fox. The glove of the fox. Um, now, the leaves, they are very good for you. It's good if you have got um, cold sores, if you've got ulcers, and you rub a little bit of the leaf um, upon them. But too much, as you say, <laughs> can be incredibly deadly. Yeah. Um, and also really bad for your vision. Vincent van Gogh, the famous painter, he uh, basically overdosed on the amount of uh, foxglove leaves he was taking. Oh, wow. And when you do so, one thing it can do is it can change your vision and make you have a yellow vision. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, which for Vincent van Gogh. Off, you know, I mean, in terms of his paintings, lot, <laughs> where he suddenly got very excited by the colour yellow. Um, yes, it certainly explains it. Now, uh, I'm back on to another poison here, the ricinus or ricinus plant, which is the castor oil plant. Okay. Um, this is so poisonous that there is no antidote at all. I mean, most things like um, the aconite that I mentioned earlier, there are antidotes to quite a few of these poisonous plants, but this one, there is no antidote. Oh, really? And yeah, and you might remember uh, some of you out there in London, this is a good few years ago now, on Waterloo Bridge, there was a, a Bulgarian spy who um, was killed. And uh, he was killed with an injection that came from an umbrella so an injection was shot from an umbrella with this particular poison in. And, um, and is this him. ricin? Is that what it is? Yes. It is ricin. Right. So, well, so ricinous plant. So yeah, ricin. Yeah. So that's that's the one we've been hearing about when we've had the kind of, well, <laughs> um, the, the I'm not, I don't want to get myself in any hot water here, but the uh, the attempt on, on a few people's lives has been with ricin, hasn't it? The one in Salisbury, I think, was ricin. Oh, the one in Salisbury. Oh, was yeah. it? Oh, right. Okay. Right. Was it that one? There was definitely one which was ricin. Ah. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, okay. Um, so also there you have um, a huge olive tree. It's the largest outdoor fruiting olive tree in Great Britain. Um, <laughs> Makes sense because we're not really known for our olive, uh, <laughs> our kind of, yeah. The, the the right weathers for olive trees really, are we so much? No, I, do you know what? I've got an olive tree indoors um, and it is just so dead. <laughs> I, I, my oh. friend Annika, who gave it to me, she, I, she listens as well. God, I'm so sorry, Annika. I have no idea how to bring it back to life. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got that in there, which is pretty spectacular. Is it edible olives? Yes, edible oh, olives. Amazing. Yeah, lovely. So, do they, so they, you mentioned that they've got all these kind of edible fruits and edible flowers and plants. Do they sell them? Um, you know, these olives and, and, and grapefruits and all this kind of thing, do they actually sell the produce from these plants or not? Well, they do use some of it because they do have their own little cafe and kitchen. And actually, you can rent out the space if you're wanting to get married, if you're wanting to have um, kind of a, a special dinner or a special kind of birthday lunch. And they do use some of their their own plants and oh, right. their own produce. Um because I guess so, it wouldn't yes. be massive amounts, would it? It would be no minimal. So, yeah. yes, exactly. It's not like um, you know they have lots and lots of cocoa plants. They've just got a couple. It's more there to make sure that there's always one there that's mm, being yeah. grown, and also for the educational purpose because you've got schools going in all the time. Obviously, not at the moment, um, but lots of kind of educational groups and yeah. and talks that happen there. 
Um, so yeah, and it became a registered charity in 1983, and that was when actually it was open for the first time to the public. Oh really? It wasn't until mm. then. Gosh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. A little bit of info on That's Chelsea so Visit Garden. It's a really, really lovely place. And like I say, I haven't been for, for many years. I really should go back. Um, and it is such, like you said, it was it's atmospheric. It really is. And you kind of wander mm. around and um, see all these weird and wonderful plants. And it is a really fascinating place uh, to go and see. And, and um, slightly kind of tangentially linked, I guess, as well. Whenever we think about medicinal plants, I always think about the old operating theatre, which is in, um, well, near London Bridge. Oh, yes. Where they have the Herb Garret. And that was where you had this little, well, as the name suggests, operating theatre in the roof of this house, which was all, you've got the um, St. Thomas's Hospital nearby. And it was for, we believe, you know, teaching students about surgery and anatomy and all that kind of thing and so they have this herb garret which would have been exactly that medicinal plants to mm. soothe pains and ills and all that kind of stuff so I, it's it's really fascinating and i think it's sort of yeah i mean i i am not green fingered at all i'm a bit like you with <laughs> poor little olive plant <laughs> if it comes through my door it's only a matter of time before it is uh dead and gone and frankly how the, the fact that people don't stay too long in my house is probably a good thing because uh, they may go the same way but um <laughs> Yeah, but I, I find plants and things like that fascinating. Um, well, there's just so much that we don't know, you yeah. know, in terms of mixing different seeds and different leaves together as well. Um, you know, there's so much research still left to be done. Yeah. And how many kind of plants in the inside of trees that haven't been used yet, which actually could be such an incredible cure mm. to so many current diseases. Exactly. Wow, fascinating. Thanks so much, Emily. You're welcome. Yeah, it's definitely on my list of places to go as soon as we can. Good. Good, good, good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply podcast pedestal so it is podcast pedestal time um do you know what you're gonna pick oh i don't do you well okay so i have two ideas um Mm. and i was going to go philip miller because he was you know it, it strikes me that he was quite crux to the whole thing but then I found out that he's got links to slavery and I don't want to pick him anymore. So <laughs> what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go for something a bit weird. And I'm going to go for the grapefruit plant that was sort of handed over as a, as a oh, I don't really know what to do with this. And the I, I just think it is really instrumental in showing the dedication and the love and the care from the garden that they kept it and looked after it and it took 50 years but it eventually fruited and i think that is testament to the physic garden and and what it's all about really so i'm gonna go for the 50-year grapefruit well that's a fab choice i have to say um as a grapefruit fan fan myself that's very good choice um you know, I I rarely pick people. Mm, you don't, do you? Normally, so, I'm surprised. Actually, you, you're going to go with the curry poisoner, aren't you? 
<laughs> the curry poisoner can we just give her a pedestal please <laughs> uh, no i'm actually going to go for sahan sloan oh, okay. um because although he you know um certainly tickled the idea of slavery um if it wasn't for him purchasing the land and giving it to the apothecaries how, how, where would Chelsea Physic Garden be today? Yeah. Would they have been able to get that land? Would they have been able to survive and flourish the way that they have? Um, so I, I, I'm going to go for Sahan Sloan. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fairly it's a good choice. It's a fairly you know, he's very crux in that decision. Um, and to be honest, I was all up for Philip Miller, and I just I found out he was linked to slavery, and then I just got grumpy, <laughs> grumpy and belligerent. So, <laughs> I think you'll probably walk that this week, um, and probably rightly so. But I'm just this week, I'm putting my foot down, and I'm refusing to engage with anybody who had anything to do with slavery. And I'm going to go. So you're going for the sort of uh, the, the reason that it's there, and the reason that it, it actually exists. And I'm going for the other end. I'm going for the outcome of why it exists. Mm, so, nice. Um, Kind of two two ends of the same thing, really. I guess um, fabulous. So, the choice this week is Hans Sloane, Sir Hans Sloane, or the fifty-year grapefruit tree, mm. which has no links to slavery, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> Although knowing my luck, it probably does. No, I think oh it... no, I don't think so... it does. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, fabulous. Those are the links for this week. Lovely. So make sure you pick them, guys. It's going to be on our Instagram on yep. Sunday. So uh, Alex will put it on hers. It will be on mine. And it will also be on our joint one as well. So please do make sure you vote. Absolutely. And we should just say thank you for bearing with us last week. We had some pretty epic technical uh, failures last week. We had an imploding computer. My sound was off. It was a bit of a nightmare. So um, if you stuck with the uh, the, the pretty awful uh, sound on last week's episode, thank you very much for it. Thank you. And if you didn't, we totally understand. <laughs> it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but we kind of lost the will to live at the end, didn't we? Anyway, we did. but thank you so much uh, for putting up with it if you did. Um, and so... We should just run over what we are doing. Uh, anything you've got coming up, which you might want to tell people about? Um, so just my pub tour. My pub tour is this coming Friday, which is the Thames Path Pub Crawl. Um, it's at seven o'clock this Friday. It's £10 per person. You can book on the LondonTourGroup.com. Um and I think that's it for now. I've got I've got a couple of virtual tours coming up in a few weeks, but I'll I'll wait a little bit to to talk about that. Cool. Um, I am I'm halfway through my series four of virtual tours. Oh yes. Although it's not too late if you do want to sign up for the series because you can watch them back. Um, and this coming Sunday is Saint James, so it's power Ooh. and privilege and royal warrants and uh, fancy dandies and and annoying the king and all that kind of thing. So that's this week, and then Greenwich the week after, which is just down the road from me. And I love Greenwich. Um, and the Tudor box is still there and is going great guns. Um, I had 10 Tudor boxes last weekend. I was exhausted at the end of the weekend. But Crikey. If, so if anybody wants, essentially, it's like an escape room. If you want to come and do a little bit of escape room fun, you don't need any Tudor knowledge at all. It is all included in the game. And it's just, it's just, I'm just staying on brand, basically. That's all I'm doing. Uh, so, yeah, come and have a little go. Everyone who's done it so far has really enjoyed it. So, um, there we go. Yay. Hey. The Wheel of Destiny. So now it's time to spin the wheel. It is indeed. Uh, it's my pick this week, isn't it? So yeah. uh, I have my little list of things. 
So I'm pretty open to where we land. Let's just let's just give it a whirl and see what happens. Okay, here we go. Wish the finger luck. <laughs> oh, we've gone east. We've gone east. Okay. Um, I love this area. We've 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 gone to Whitechapel. Oh, brilliant! Yay. Okay, Whitechapel. Um. Fab. So when you think of Whitechapel, you think of Jack the Ripper as kind of the first thing that comes to lots of people's minds. I'm not going to do Jack the Ripper because it's not a topic I particularly enjoy. Um, But I am going to do uh, a man who is a very interesting character. I'm going to do Joseph Merrick, who is otherwise... Oh, yes. Um, Oh, great choice. Because he is linked to what used to be known as the the London Hospital, is now the Royal Mm. London... Um, he's linked to that area and he's a really fascinating man with a great story, quite a heartbreaking story, but one that is resilience and fortitude and just amazingness. So I'm going to pick Joseph Merrick. That's where we're going to go. That's wonderful. Gosh, I remember watching The Elephant Man when I was, when I was quite young and just Mm, so moved, so, so moved by it. Um, wow, that's going to be great. Yeah. Look forward to that. Let's go and find out the truth behind the lovely, uh, the lovely Joseph Merrick. So that's mm. that's it for next week. Fabulous. Fantastic. Well, thank you to everybody for coming. Um, don't forget that in the next week or two, I think it might even be up already. Uh, our lovely jingle writer Ben Morales Frost has his um, the Sorcerer's Apprentice musical, which they have filmed so it is going ahead they were able to film it uh, even in covid times and so that is available to stream you can go to tsa the tsa musical.com i think um so i'm looking i think i'm seeing that next week uh, but you can kind of watch it whenever you like really by the stream so go and have a little look and a massive thank you to ben morales frost for our lovely jingle which we're going to leave you with now thanks ben and thank you everybody for listening thank you so much we will see you next week have a great week take care bye, bye.